welcome to the Man On Podcast. I am Darren and joining me as always is Martin and Craig. How are you chaps? I'm not bad, mate. Um, well, you say as always, I've not been here for a couple of weeks, but... Uh, <laughs> Fair point. All right, well, we cut- did the couple one and yeah, that's more I'm just thinking of that. But um, you're right, you haven't been here for a few Mondays, but uh, you're back. So uh, I'm happy about that. Mm. Although... Me, me, oh, just seeing you two are running the wrong bloody way. Me and Craig, we were absolutely fine. We held the fort and um, we got some. I know. Good, we got some good feedback as well. Yeah, um, you did. I did listen. The good news is it's not often at the moment where people can come and listen to a pod where all of the free uh, content creators are all in the top ten k overall rank, is it? That's that's what's so good about this pod. We're all doing so well at the moment. It's definitely. Worth I know. Listening. Yeah, everyone's everyone's moaning about oh this season. It's going it's going brilliantly, isn't it? I'm loving it. Hot top score at the bottom there for me at 71 this week. So thank you, Trippier and Botman. That's what I'll say. Uh, I went to the FPL meets in London on Saturday. There was about 20, 30 of us there. And this was obviously Saturday. Quite a few people had wildcarded. Um, I hadn't. And we, we was there live for the, the Brentford Everton game. So I was fearing the worst for Embuemo. We obviously rolled the ball across for Lewis Potter to put an open goal wide. Uh, then a few still had Pickford there. He conceded. Then Embuemo got booked. I thought, this is lovely. Uh, Embuemo, one-pointer. Then I had Bruno Fernandes, obviously scored in the in the late kickoff as well. I was uh, on top of the world on Saturday night. And then yesterday happened, right? <laughs> it's all gone wrong again. Salah scores, Newcastle go mad. All the defenders get extra points on top of the clean sheet. Couldn't have got any worse yesterday. Yeah, um, I was not. I, I, after Saturday, I was very unimpressed with Embuemo, Doku and um, Alvarez in my team. It was not looking rosy with a couple of one-pointers in there. You had the other way to me. It's not a tale of two days. It is. I had a good Saturday and a bad Sunday. You had the opposite. Rodri's fault. All Mm. Rodri's fault. If it wasn't for the Rodri red card, Alvarez Doku would have stayed on. We're blaming him, all right? Yeah, it was me. He'll never repay me because I won't pick him. Uh, Right, Uh, apart from Sky. There we go. Let's crack on. First of all, we have Wolves and Man City. Yeah, uh, I'll introduce one. one. So, yeah, I I put Wolves is... They've had two good home games so far against teams that you would consider quite dominant attacking teams. So they've played Brighton and they've played Liverpool. Obviously lost both the games. Brighton won 4-1. Liverpool, obviously most recently, won 3-1. So it was more of maybe we could use that as a guide for, to expect from Haaland this week. Obviously there's the loot and double game week, which we'll get to. People might be getting a bit carried away and excited about captaining someone else this week rather than not Haaland. One, he's playing away. Two, there's teams with doubles. Um, so I just thought I'd put some stats up around what we might expect. So Brighton had an XG of 2.22, scored four goals. Liverpool had an XG of 2.52, scored three goals. Um, so that sort of data, as much as it's only two fixtures, um, suggests that Man City scoring at least two, realistically three, seems seems viable this week. So and if Man City are going to score three, you'd expect Haaland to be easily involved, right? So... That was the point of this slide, really. Just I don't know what you guys are thinking about Haaland, but yeah. well, it feels like a sort of a safe eight points is probably a, a reasonable expectation this week. I've just added there as well, on top of that, big chances missed so far this season. Haaland's at the top with nine. So if this is the game where he actually brings his shooting boots, <laughs> if this lad can uh, improve his finishing, he might score some goals, right? It's like, <laughs> it's, um, it's ridiculous to think he's top for big chances missed. Um, too clear of Nicholas Jackson. But yeah, these these XG numbers, you know, plus that, it's a bit scary, isn't it? Um, so yeah, I think I'll still be captain in him personally. 
Yeah, it's um, it's a it's a tr- it's a risky one not to go against it. I think um, we know that Wolves haven't been terrible compared to what we thought they would be, but still defensively they haven't been great going forward. Is more they've been better going forward. So yeah, for me, I think it's a risky one going without Haaland uh, as captain on this one. Um, the thing is with that is if you if you're captaining him or. Uh, and everyone else does you're all failing together so you're probably not likely to lose that many positions either if he does mm. fail uh because so many people would have done it i know the upside of going with someone else is the fact that yeah you have got someone else then so if they smash it you could climb massively but at this stage of the season i don't know if it's worth that gamble well this is the thing isn't it because there's a double game week there's going to be there'll be some people that captain colton morris or whoever won't they so yeah um I mean, I so my that. view, in my view, on that is, you know, let let other people make the mistakes, and um, I'm just going to leave it and go with Harland. So, his EO might actually be a little bit less this week. I'm I'm kind of hoping so. Yeah, it's too, too early to start doing dodgy stuff. I know the three of us aren't doing that well overall rank wise, but it's too early to start picking off road captains. We're not even 25 percent into the season and stuff yet. Oh, so exactly. it's not the time yet to start. No, exactly. Start exactly. Far too early in the season to be start taking that those punts on. I think, um, yeah, it's a safe bet that uh, he should be your captain this week. The week after against Arsenal, then maybe you've got a you you know you've got a bigger chance of me going with someone else. Um, but yeah, against Wolves, no. Nah. Um, no moves for thinking about bringing anyone in, Man City wise. Um, fixtures aren't great after this one, are they? No, I, I can't bring anyone in because I've got I'm at three already. In fact. For me, I think I'm rolling this week and I'll have two free transfers and I'm considering getting two of my Man City out, actually. Um, getting rid of Doku and Alvarez and bringing in two other people. Uh, but we'll see what I, what I do next week in, in that regards. Um, I, think you can, I think you can quite happily get away with just Haaland for a couple of weeks after that, after this week. So... You know, I might want to move back to one. And yeah, it'll be a funny one looking ahead now. Alvarez, obviously, anyone at wildcard who got him, and I got him in with my free transfer as well. He's going to be in a lot of teams all of a sudden. Yeah, looking at this next run, um, it'd be interesting how many persevere and hold him through that because even beyond they've got the Bournemouth home game amongst it, maybe Brighton at home could end up being all right as well. But the, the fixtures for the next seven aren't amazing, amazing. I know he's still, in theory, he's still quite cheap, and there's not maybe not many options. To go off Alvarez for a similar price. You're probably going upwards to a Darwin, to a Watkins, to a even a Jesus or something now. Um, but around that price, there's not loads of options. So I'd be interested if people keep or they try and free some money up and then allow themselves the chance to to get someone a bit more expensive. But he's a hold for now. Yeah, I'm un- I'm unsure what to uh what what where I'm gonna go with it with those two two priced guys. Um yeah, it's going to be a tricky one to see what I do with that. Uh, I might even have to make sort of three transfers for a minus four and, and rejig the team, but I don't want to be doing that after I've just done a wild card. It seems absolutely ridiculous. Um, I was just thinking that. Yeah, just wild card, you're already looking at three move minus yeah, four. Exactly, but it was more of a targeting thing, but you're right, I don't want to be taking a minus four after just doing a wild card. That's absolutely ridiculous. Um, it's just difficult to get a cheap striker like like Going from Doku and Alvarez to two others, like they're both like what six point five each, basically. So you're looking at thirteen mil. If I want to get in like Madison, that's nine point something. Uh, there's there's no strikers that cheap. 
um, with the leftover money. So it's kind of like a struggle. <laughs> uh, it won't be happening. So I don't know. I'm going to have to have a look at this now and decide what to do. Because mm -hmm. um, I'm hoping there's lots of managers like you, Darren, as I haven't used my wild cards. I'm hoping there's a few managers getting their knickers <laughs> in a twist and realising that they can't, uh, they've got some big decisions to make and I can sort of yeah, use my I mean, wild card and catch everyone up. I mean, I've gone, I've gone quite a few weeks uh, weeks in advance, and, and I'm pretty covered with decent players. You know, I've got I've got Haaland, I've got Salah, I've got Fernandez, for instance. He could make way. Don't get me wrong, Fernandez. You know, he's he's a big priced guy. He could definitely come down to somebody else. And so there's you know there's there's plenty of there's plenty of options. I'll have to do a bit of rejigging here and there, but I knew that anyway. Um, but uh, no, in terms of your question, no, I'm not getting any Man City in. <laughs> should we should we move on to the next one? Yeah. Ooh, I reckon this could be a really tasty fixture. Yeah, that's the Villa Brighton. So Villa won both games 2-1 last year. Both games, I think, from memory, was Emery v Deserby as well, which is obviously good. Um, thought I'd just make a point of the Villa striker in both of those games and how well they did. So in the first game, it was Danny Ings um, started up front. He had an XG of 1.08, scored two goals from three attempts. And then on the final day of the season, Villa won 2-1. Again, Ollie Watkins this time up front, XG of 1.01 .01, with one goal from two attempts. So an XG over one in any situation is deemed a good thing for a striker. Villa had it in both games um, against Brighton last season. Maybe Emery's style and tactics matches up quite well against the way Brighton like to play and we can, say, hit them on the counter-attack and take advantage of sort of that space in behind. I don't know, but at the moment it feels like we've got Brighton's number. So that's promising before the weekend. Watch us lose 3-0 now or something. But <laughs> um, but yeah, XG-wise, it's pretty promising. Obviously, Watkins has just scored now as well. Hopefully, that's a little confidence boost for him. So maybe the few that sold him for Alvarez this week, but you might want to think about getting him back if, if you went through and did that. Yeah, I mean, Watkins is someone I toyed with putting in putting in the wild card, but I didn't in the end. And, and do you know what? Just what previous slide thinking about there, it was Diaby I wanted to get in. So it might be it might be I take Doku and Fernandez out for Diaby and Ma and uh, Madison going forward. Um, Watkins jury's still out for me. I wouldn't be bringing any Villa players into this for this for this game. Interesting. I think this is quite a good entry point. Looking at the next seven, I, I, I think this is a game we could score two or three goals in. I know Brighton are good, but I think this is quite a nice entry point for Villa personally. Okay, interesting. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I as I said straight away, I think it'll be a good fixture. Um, but it's still it's still a difficult it's still a difficult fixture. Like let's not get ahead of ourselves. <laughs> I I might buy Diaby this week. Um, I've got Eze at the moment, but I kind of I picked Eze on my wild card, um, kind of accepting that I was just targeting the Fulham game. And if I'm going to use a transfer this week, it would be on Eze, um, either to Diaby or to or to Ward Prowse. Um, so it is in my thinking. What's also in my thinking is I've got three at, up front at the moment. So we were just talking about Alvarez there and are there any other strikers to go to? Um, I have got in the back of my mind that from that Fulham game for Brighton, so Fulham, so not the next few, but after Man City away, Brighton have got Fulham, Everton, Sheffield United and Nottingham Forest. Mm -hmm. I might want Evan Ferguson for that run. Um on you know, understanding that he's not going to play all of the minutes, but I, th I still think the upside will be there for him for the minutes that he does play. And so I kind of need to make up my mind in the next couple of weeks whether I want Watkins as well, because um, I could have both of them. But if I am going to have both of them, then I need to 
make my mind up on that um, sort of by next week, really. Uh, so is a question for you. So if we go from if we go from that game week, so Brighton have got Fulham, yeah. Everton, Sheff- Sheffield United and Forest. Villa have got Luton, Forest, Fulham and Tottenham. I mean, this is very similar, isn't it? But who do you think is better out of Ferguson and Watkins for that for those four? Uh, Ansu Fati. <laughs> and uh, I, I, I mean, that is, I, I go Ferguson. I like that. I like that shout. I, I think he'll play more often than not in those games. You know, João Pedro doesn't seem to be in favour with the Zerbi, does he? Let's be completely honest with ourselves. Welbeck is getting on. Um, I, I think Ferguson is Ferguson injured at the moment. Is that the problem? Because he was playing and then he wasn't, and he had a little niggle. And I think it was to do with when he was on international, right? We started at the weekend, didn't he? Right, did he? Okay, fine. So he is back. See, I, mean, I didn't really see the, the Brighton thing. Uh, I was away for that game. Um, so, yeah, I, I think Ferguson will be fine for that run. I think, and, and Fulham, Everton, Shepherd, Giant and Forest is, is yeah, better than Villas. Um, Watkins ain't going to score two millions. More worth of points, I don't think, over those four weeks, if you no. can use the money mm. in something else. No, exactly. Watkins will play more minutes. Brighton will probably score more goals, but their goals points will probably be more spread. Mm. So... Watkins a bit more of a talisman, right? But, but I, don't, yeah. I don't think it's worth two million more than Ferguson over that particular run of four games. Is is yeah. is is the man you're definitely taking out, Martin? I know he's got United this week, but he's got Forest after. You definitely want to ditch him before Forest. Well, unless I unless I decide unless I decide I've had enough of Rashford, I kind of wish I'd gone. I should have gone Bruno on wildcard. I think. Um, so I'm a bit annoyed oh, yeah. with myself about that. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think I think so because it's that Eze's that price point. Um, yeah, where I thought I can just attack fixtures with these, you know, that kind of price point. So you know, for example, I could go Ward Prowse against Sheffield United this week, and then I could get Diaby in next week, for example, and then probably hold Diaby then for like four or five weeks. Um, to be fair, but yeah, but yeah, that was the thinking for that spot. Okay. Yeah, I got the last week for Martinelli thinking I'm playing it. I think I'm playing FPL a bit too much like Sky and thinking too far ahead and planning ahead like I've got mm-hmm. a limited transfer count. So I, I went the RB just so he was in place for this upcoming run. I don't necessarily regret it, but there's obviously more one week punties type players I could have gone for. Um, but he's in place. And my decision this week is I've still got Chilwell. I'm sure we'll get on to him at some point, but um consideration I may go to Matt Cash this week um, rather than go to a Newcastle because a Newcastle defender would be the obvious move but Chilwell already dropped and Botman already went up so it's a point two swing if yeah. I make that move already I'm not convinced I want Newcastle long term so as much as they're doing well right now I've, I've got my um, got my sort of concerns about them longer term so I may just go to Villa for this run and get Cash in now um, if I decide I want to sell Chilwell who I'm sure we'll get to that but I may not even sell him yet so I think it's probably quite a good time to get on to a Villa defender as well if you if you're not there at the moment. Yeah, but oh. this week's tricky because him and is stupid, and you probably not going to expect a clean sheet from either of those two this week. I think there's going to be goals yeah, for both. Goals. Teams. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we're talking a wild card. Obviously, Martin, you said go. You you should have gone for Fernandez over Rashford. I think I've I've kind of got myself stuck a little bit as well. Um, thinking about it out loud now, looking at this. I've got potentially a lot of players I want to get in and they are sideways moves, you know, Doku to DRB for instance, for instance, um, as a to um, potentially a Brighton midfielder as well. 
And then I want to get, you need to get a Tottenham guy in. I think for their run, they've got, starting with Luton, I think they've got like four games in a row, haven't they? Uh, of, of what would be green fixtures. So I, I wish I'd planned a little better on my wildcard, I think now. Um, this is why I'm, this is why I'm keen on Ferguson because people are going to, I think people will try and, a lot of people will try and get a Brighton mid and obviously you're going to, you're going to give up someone that's also a pretty good asset to try and do that. And then you might, and then you might pick the wrong one anyway, you know, like we all did last season. Um, yeah. So I think, well, if, you know, sod the midfield, I'll just get Ferguson. Um, Cause even, even if he plays 25 minutes in a game, I'm, he could score. Any he, he could score. And I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty confident he'd start at least two of those four games, for example. Um, and get some minutes in the others, and I just think the upside for him could be massive. But... Cool. Oh, I feel if he gets a Sheffield United game, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> Possibilities are endless. We all want that Sheffield United game right now. Um, okay. Uh, who's Sheffield United got this week? Uh, well, West, West Ham. Ham. That's good. You mentioned James Ward-Prowse. Well, that's what I put to you guys yesterday, wasn't it? Am I mad for thinking of going straight from Doku to James Ward-Prowse already? But I, I decided not to. But uh, yeah, I don't put you off going for James Ward-Prowse as well. I know you mentioned it. Um, you you left it on. <laughs> I couldn't resist that tweet from Domino's Pizza. We've delivered about 852,000 pizzas since Chelsea last scored. Um, they actually did score against Aston Villa, but shame was the sassy was offside. But technically, they did get the ball in in, in the net and Colwell the week before. So they've been a bit unlucky. All their goals keep getting disallowed, Chelsea. But... Um, now they're away to Fulham this week, who is the best the best goalkeeper in the league. Uh, in terms of FPL points, Bert Leno's nine points more than everyone else. Um, definitely the keeper to own right now. Three clean sheets already, two double-digit returns, eight bonus points. He's basically top of every metric that you'd want from an FPL goalkeeper. Yeah. Uh, and now he's playing a team who can't score. So, um, <laughs> man on a free hit, I've done up your goalkeeper for you, Darren. Put it that way. You have. Uh, you sorted it's... that for me. Still, still, still not sure I fancy it, but I haven't done the team for it yet. But uh, we'll have a look. But he's, he's underlooked, isn't he? I think. Yeah, he is. So yeah, he's both wild carded. Neither of you two got him in. No, I've never seriously consider. considered him. No, um, didn't consider. He's on the he's on the bench for my zombie team um, in in the Planet FL Zombie, which is um, a little <laughs> bit annoying. Bench. But That's a bit yeah. Annoying, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who's your, who's the main keeper in that one? Anana. Okay. Oh God. <laughs> we all made that mistake, mate. Don't worry about it. Um, no, you yeah. do. I mean, his fixtures coming up aren't amazing, but does it really matter with someone like him? He's just getting points no, he clearly him. is getting a lot of yeah. save points as well, then, isn't he, for, for that bonus to happen? Um, he's making a yeah. lot of saves. And in all fairness, if that's what he's doing, then Chelsea, coming up, he's got Chelsea, Tottenham, Brighton, United, Villa. They're all going to give him some troubles. So uh, if he can keep it up, that would be a, a, be remarkable. It's a bit um, like um, it's a bit like Nick Pope a couple of years ago, and obviously Burnley yeah. ended up getting relegated. But Nick Pope was still a good goalkeeper to have, wouldn't he? But um, I'm not saying Fulham are going to get relegated, so it might be even even better than that. But it's sort of similar story, isn't it? Yeah, Fulham aren't getting relegated. There's some a lot worse than them. Um, I mean, uh, we don't have to spend too much time on Fulham Chelsea. I'm not looking at getting any assets in. Nothing excites me on these two at the minute. Uh, I, I guess one talking point would be Nick Jackson is now suspended. Oh, what a dick. Um, <laughs> I mean, he's a dick for so many reasons. He's a dick for not scoring any points. He's a dick for making everyone get him in. He's a dick for getting so many yellow cards. Do you know, not, not one of his yellow cards is for a tackle either. No, just mouthing off. 
four for Malvin off, and then at the weekend it was for blocking a frick, quick free kick. Free kick, yeah. I mean that is that's brain dead footballing. That is really <laughs> that's madness. Um, yeah, that is just insane. But I guess talking point would be if people have got a Chelsea attacking player like, I mean, no one's got Mudrick, but Sterling, I guess. Sterling could be the one who plays through the middle at the weekend. So I, I guess he's a hold. I don't know what they're going to do. Brozier's not ready yet, is he? No, he, so... he, came, he came on. Um, oh, did he? Yeah. Yes, he did. Oh. He came on. Um, but he's definitely not fit to last or start. And he's definitely not fit enough. So I reckon they'll start with Sterling through the middle. So I saw some people moaning about Sterling, but if I were you, I'd probably hold this. I don't think he's as trustworthy as Son, though. He might be a wide player playing out of position through the middle, but Son, I think, has got some element well, of reliability well, about him. I wouldn't trust Sterling in a one-on-one. If he was running through with the goalkeeper, I wouldn't trust him. To well, score. no, no, I probably wouldn't. I, I know, I probably wouldn't, but you, you, you kind of get hanging out of position. You know, we're talking about out of, permission midfielders, out of position midfielders again. We've had Richarlison for most of the fucking season. <laughs> oh... I'm going to do a tactical pod on this game, mainly on Chelsea's tactics. Obviously, a few issues within there with Augusto, red card with um, Jackson out. So there's a few sort of talking points around how they may set up uh, for this game and the next couple, depending on when people start coming back. So I haven't done a tactical pod for a week or two, particularly around a matchup. So I'll, I'll do a Chelsea one. Too. I'll talk more about Chelsea on that. And nice. so I've got some decisions around Chilwell. I almost sold him yesterday when his price was going down. But for now, I've decided to hold. Um but it's certainly still not guaranteed that he plays this. I think he's obviously a lot more likely now because they're basically running out of defenders. But um, not guaranteed. Fair. Let's skip on to United Palace. Uh, yeah, good, good fixture for Bruno Fernandes last year. Scored in both games against Crystal Palace. So there's a one-all draw at Soas Park. The end of the next year, I have 0.81. One goal, four key passes. And then 2-1 win at Old Trafford, um, which I think was the game when Casemiro got sent off. Um, 0.90 XGI again, one goal, four key passes. So, clearly, it's the type of opponent that he's involved against. Um, again, another one who scored the weekend. So, will he be sort of a bit more, um, a bit more on it for this game? Maybe I don't know, but just looking at it matchups wise, it seems like it's one that suited him in the past. So, we'll go with that. That it's going to suit him again. Could could be in a different position again though, couldn't he? From the lap for, I mean, he would have been playing attacking mid in this in those two games. Whereas at the weekend, he was more to the right hand side, wasn't he? So he could play there again. This yeah, it's that flexi formation. I mean, is he is he on the right of a four three three? Is he at the is it a sort of a midfield diamond? Is it a tip off behind the front two? Rashford sort of changes yeah. between being centre forward and off the left. Bruno <laughs> changes between being a number ten and off the right. So I think it's right forward, yeah. Um, sort of changes in game. I'm, I'm happy to have him. Um, I think he's he's perfectly fine keep for me until game week ten, and he can oh. go to a to get to Salah. So um, that's that's my current plan. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, obviously, I used, spoke about downgrading him earlier to to get to Madison, but I think you know that that's not something I'm considering. I can't remember when Tottenham's good run starts. Not next, I think it's the week after. So I think it's when they've got Brentford. So. Difficult because obviously they got Sheffield United after that, which you'd kind of probably want him for. But at the same time, Madison has also got good fixtures, so I don't know what uh, what I'll do there. Um, could go off and go back on. <laughs> Fucking they're, they're very awkward now, just because they got that game week ten bad game against Man City, so that's an obvious sell point for a lot of people that have got one or both of Bruno and Rashford. But the run after that's good again. Yeah, he's a hot. Yeah, we're looting in amongst it. So, basically, got to be a hold. 
I think I think Man United are a hold. I know that I know they don't look brilliant, but it's more it's more defensively, isn't it? They look they look all right going forward. I, I think. Um, yeah, I think they're a hold. Okay, that's fair enough. Yeah, I mean, I, when I look at that, and yeah, Mark, obviously Craig just said often Man City fixture they do have Fulham, Luton, and Everton. You looking at that? It's a lot. It's a lot of what would be green, isn't it? Potentially Bruno Fernandez as a hold. Maybe I won't be downgrading him to Madison. Um, it's that priority between Salah, Saka, Madison, Son, one ever more, right? I'm not getting, by the looks of things, I ain't getting Madison in at the minute, uh, and I ain't got Saka either. So it could be a tr- it could be a tricky one. Um, that's gonna be thing is, yeah, to make way for both of them, I need to get rid of uh, really get rid of Salah really, and it's just not happening. That's the big question with him. I think a lot of people are asking as much as he's constantly returning, as much as he's steady points. He I mean, basically stops you having two players at this price point. It, is that worth the upside? It uh, kind of does. I mean, he's only a, he's only like three or four million more than three million more than sort of Madison, and he's ticking over with a goal or assist or something each game. But he hasn't got to sort of the good run of fixtures for Liverpool that's coming up yet. Let's see what he does in those. Um, that that might help a lot more. Um, okay. I'm not considering any Crystal Palace. I'm considering getting rid of Eze soon anyway. So, <laughs> done. He's playing against Johnny Evans. Maybe he'll be good anyway. No, Johnny Evans. <laughs> a, I mean, that is a very good point. Defensively, as we've literally just put, United aren't fantastic defensively. and um, They've got a lot of injuries. Eze could come up with something. I think he's already the second highest scoring four million defender after his 12 point at the weekend, Johnny Evans. So even if you had him for one game week, I think he's <laughs> I think he's already scored more points than Kabore and Bayer and people like that on the back of one game. So uh, nice. I won't be getting him in. Um tricky one this one. I don't know what Liverpool. So again, I picked the two games for Hillman Son where he's played centre forward against the high line. So I'm not counting the Sheffield United game, they played with a back three in a deep um Deep block, I know it's one of the, the buzzwords of FPL right now, but yeah, deep defence, no space in behind, crowded penalty box with three centre-backs. It didn't really suit him. He played um, against Burnley, he played with quite a high line. Uh, he obviously scored the hat-trick, um, 1.12 expected goals. Then away to Arsenal, they again played with quite a high line, centre-forward, another two goals. You'd expect Liverpool to play with a high line. Um, so could actually be quite a good game for him. I'm considering him... For Rashford, I know Rashford's got Sheffield United next week, but Son's got a good three games. If I just, I've only got one free transfer. I've spoken about maybe not selling Chilwell yet, as much as he's becoming a bit of a problem. This feels like a bit more of a sort of a, a, a better transfer to me. I'm a bit more excited about this more, more than selling Ben Chilwell. So, it's on my mind, and I think matchup wise, playing against a high line, five goals in two appearances against this sort of team so far. So, again, small small sample size, but. Mm. Probably a good game for Sun. Mm. <laughs> it's another one, isn't it? It's another one of those midfielders that's going to have to come into consideration eventually, yeah. um, especially with that run coming up. But again, they're, they're deep defences. Maybe, I'm not saying he won't, but maybe he won't do well. This is clearly the optimal game for him, high, a high line. Um, so Luton, I'm sure they won't play with a high line at White Hart Lane. So can they keep him quiet? They'll only play with a back, but they play with a back three. They could set up like Sheffield United did and frustrate yeah. him. It looks a good game on paper. It could be Sheffield United all over again against Luton. Fulham, I think they play with a back four, so I think he'll probably be all right in that game. And um, Crystal Palace, are, yeah, I don't know. I actually think this game may actually suit him better than some of the ones coming up, strangely, um, yeah. just based on the matchup perspective. Would yeah, I agree you, with that. 
have you got plan? Have you got Salah at the minute? Have you got plans to get Salah in or any Liverpool for the sort of run coming up or not bothered? Yeah, I plan to get him in 10. But I've got Bruno and Rashford. I'm going to hopefully have two free transfers in 10 and sell both of them. And that'll allow me mid, whether that's or someone around that sort of price, whether it's Bowen, Ward, Prowse, Matoma, someone like that. Okay. But I could have a little pit stop on the way through and get Sun in for a couple of weeks and then move that on to, to Salah, maybe. I just, I just worry about next week, in particular, game week eight. There's obviously a, a growing sort of um, discussion in the FPL community right now that whoever the most popular transfer is each week seems to do nothing. However, it's been example this week with, with one point. Yeah. Sun feels like that player for next week to me. It, it feels like he's the sort of player everyone's going to want. He's got Luton, Fulham, Crystal Palace in a row. Luton first. Primed for another one point for me, or two point in this case. I don't know get booked or anything. But um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure that's the time to get him. Maybe ahead of the curve, mm-hmm. he's getting this week. And hopefully get the points for a week, and then if he does nothing next week, you don't feel like you've suffered as much if you've got one lot of points off him. Just, just a thought. It may not materialise like that, but no. I'll, I'll, I'll make the obvious point for you, Craig, that there is no correlation between FPL transfers and uh, the performance of Premier League footballers. Is there not? <laughs> no, <laughs> they're not been on Twitter, Martin. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, do you think in the morning they look at who everybody's transferred in on FPL and they're like, oh my God, I got so much pressure. Like, well, all those managers. That's, that's the wrong terminology, isn't it? There is a correlation, but there's no causality. So the, the correlation um, is unlikely right. to continue. <laughs> like, Paul Morris is getting two points this week to carry the trend on, and then Sun next week, I think. But don't do that. You think about getting him? You, you haven't got him at the moment, either of you, two of you on your wildcard. No, no. Sorry, no, no. So, like I say, I'm a bit. I'm a, say, I'm, a, I'm slightly annoyed for myself that I picked Rashford, and I, I know I said a minute ago that Man United players are a hold. I think more. In, I think I had more in my head that Bruno is a hold um, rather than Man United generally. Um, so I've got Rashford. So I mean, I spoke before about I'm, I'm quite keen on having Evan Ferguson soon. So I could go to him a couple of if I went to Evan Ferguson a couple of weeks early, then I could get Son in next week um, it is quite a good run of fixtures isn't it yeah it really so. is I, I think I might have to get rid of Bruno for a bit for one of them I'm going to have to I can't, I can't. What I mean with Salah I could get I think it's plausible you could have five midfielders around this eight nine million bracket if you don't have Salah if you have Salah it probably limits you to like two or three and if yeah. Salah were that to have to suffer two or three, I'm not saying it's bad having Ward Prowse, having Diaby, having Matoma, no, having Wade, these players get points, but this is what Salah causes when you could just have four or five of these. It, it is, but then if I think about it, like next next week, if I, and I, like I said, if I took a minus four for it, I could take, I could take, I could get rid of Doku and Buemo and Fernandez and get in sort of Son, Diaby, and Ansu Fati or Matoma or somebody like that. And I don't think that's bad at all. Um, and then I'd have Salah with them. It's not the worst. <laughs> yeah, I think it's one of probably the most critical decisions managers have now, especially around Salah. I'm sure it's not a new sort of concept, but is it really worth it if it means you can have moving forward now Sun, Madison, Saka, Bruno, and someone else who I've missed out, who most people want at the moment? I, th- I think one of the problems I've got now is I've got Trippier. So eventually I'm going to have to get rid um, after their good run of fixtures because. 6.5 is a lot of money. And we know what was happening with Trippier when he wasn't playing Sheffield United every week. He wasn't getting the returns. Uh, and he definitely wasn't worth 6.5. So that'll have to happen eventually. And that, there you go. I mean, take him down to 4.5 million and you've got 2 million free again. So 
that's upgrading any of those guys to, to your sackers. Uh, cool. Is it not? I mean, yeah, like we, we've already touched a little bit on the fact of the the one West Ham asset I think all of us would consider. Uh, as I as I said to you guys yesterday in WhatsApp, I'm considering the move of Doku to James Ward Prowse. I'm not going to do it because I need the transfer next week, but I'm going to have FOMO this week. Yeah, so I might do it. Um, I just put some crossing stats there. It came up in the commentary yesterday against Sheffield United that they conceded the most goals from crosses. Um, and I think they went on to concede another two after, two or three after that point was made. Um and so I've just I've just put I mean it's no no surprise to anyone that for West Ham James War Prowse is top for crosses twenty four, um, and then the next is Sue Fowl at fourteen, and then Bowen at thirteen, and then it drops right off then um, uh, into like sixes and sevens. So it's those three, those three by a mile are the players that cross the ball um, for West Ham. Did um, did uh, Bowen go off with an injury? Because I saw him flagged. Not sure about that. Yeah, not sure if he's injured. No, I'll have to double check. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure when I was, uh, uh, I saw Bowen with it carrying an injury. Um, I'll go to West Ham here very quickly. Well, no, it doesn't say he's flat. It doesn't say he's flagged. I've okay, put the average positions up on the on the screen. I mean, it's a bit awkward because this is against Liverpool and Man City, so it's not ideal. Obviously, West Ham should set up a bit differently when they play Sheffield United at home compared to those two teams. But it was more just these two games because this is the games we've had Paqueta. Um, Wall, Prowse, and Bowen sort of all playing together behind Antonio, and then you've got Suchek and um, Alvarez and stuff behind, just trying to look at how West Ham have set up. Um, and I think a lot of people will be looking at Wall, Prowse, but I still think Bowen's better. Bowen's number 20 on these heat maps, so the highest average position in, in both the games, not a massive surprise. Um, nine's obviously Antonio, Wall, Prowse, seven. Paqueta, although he's sort of starting off the left, really, you see how sort of narrow he's playing as a number 10. Um, so he's a bit deeper. So it looks like all of West Ham's build-ups down the right with Bowen sort of drifting in off that flank. And then Soufal, number five, getting is that, forward. I was going to say, is that Soufal? That's pretty... Uh, yeah, so I, th I think he's quite, quite actually under the radar pick at the moment. Yeah. If you're looking for a short-term defender. It's not bad. This Sheffield United game... He's got three nice home games coming up. Sheffield United, Everton and Forest all in the next batch. So if you've got him as a rotation third, fourth defender or something, I think he might be uh, a bit underlooked. Yeah, he's um, not a bad shout at all. Maybe that's the... Uh, I don't know when the Newcastle fixers run out, but maybe that's your spicy trippier to Sue foul move. Probably want him from now, really. This is the week to get him. If you've got... Yeah. If, if you if they want to stoop in then for the next batch of games, for example, because uh, Brighton have got three or four stinky ones, you could go to Sue foul for a couple of weeks. But going back to the attacker, I think I would favour Bowen over Wolpras if I could afford the the difference. I'm not sure what the discrepancy is between them right now. Um, but yeah, Bowen's average position is a lot better. Between Ward Prowse and Bowen, did you say? Yeah, it must be about a mil difference, is there? Uh, I'll tell you yeah. two seconds. Ward, Ward, Ward Prowse was only six million, wasn't he? I think he's gone up a bit. But... Yeah, so Ward Prowse is 6.2. Jared Bowen is 7.1. So 0.9. I think I'd play the extra for Bowen to be honest. If I could afford that right now, less than a million would be my guess. But nice. both of them obviously not bad owns for the next batch. I think you have to keep them and be a bit patient with them. Now, if you go for either of them, I don't think it's what like a, a one week and out job like Martin maybe talking about with Eze. I don't think you just get in for Sheffield United and look to move them on again. I think no. you probably, if you get one of them now, you look to keep them until the next seven games were on the screen at least. I think I think they're at a stage where they're probably all right to bench against that Newcastle game. I don't think you'd worry about it. Um, 
that much, to be fair. Potentially Villa as well. So it's just hard because these. So I picked these two games because that's the ones where the lineup's been consistent with the players you'd expect them to play. No Ben Rama players like that in the team, but they're both fairly defensive, counter-attacking sort of games against Liverpool and Man City. So these average positions may have no bearing or no relevance to what the Sheffield United game might be like. But I think I still think it's looking like definitely they build up more down the right. Is probably the the common. Oh, yes. yeah. That is the yeah. Well, it makes um, sense, doesn't it? It makes sense that therefore that Soufal is, um, you know, second for crosses into the box, doesn't it? So yeah, it makes it all makes sense. All adds up. Newcastle Burnley, another eight, another eight nil. Do you reckon for Newcastle? Well, I looked into it. So this was obviously I think we knew before the game that Sheffield United were bad at defending crosses, bad at losing headers, bad at defending set pieces. It obviously came to light that all those things rang true. So I had a look at Burnley and how they're conceding goals. Obviously not got the best defensive record in the league. They're actually second worst right now to Sheff- behind Sheffield United. So people might be getting excited about Newcastle. So 13 goals conceded so far for Burnley. But in terms of sort of the type of goals Newcastle scored against Sheffield United, Burnley actually stack up quite well. So they've only conceded six headed goal attempts. So I think that's the second best in the league. Yeah. Um, 17 attempts have come from set pieces. They've conceded that makes them the 15th. Um, best in the league and then chances from the right so Trippi obviously was massively involved against Sheffield United Burnley have only conceded 13 down there right so that makes them the 18th best in the league so they might be second worst for goals conceded but those goals aren't coming from headers they're not coming from set pieces and they're not coming from chances down the right so again people looking at maybe being a bit a week late onto the bandwagon of Trippier or onto a, even a, one of the Newcastle centre-backs the data is not showing that those sorts of goals will come against Burnley. Obviously, Newcastle could still win this game quite comfortably, but it may be more of a Callum Wilson, Isaac, Gordon type goals rather than mm-hmm. set pieces and things. So I just thought I'd flag that up. Where Sheffield United are obviously the worst for everything as it shows across the bottom there. When I was looking yeah. at a wild card, I actually called that Anthony Gordon out as a player I was thinking about. And you did, Darren. Uh, I did, I yeah. And then I um, didn't go with Anthony Gordon and, and I saw he didn't start the game and I was like, oh, I dodged a bullet there. <laughs> and then straight away, again, um, I think it was Anderson got injured, um, Harvey Barnes got injured, didn't he? And Gordon <laughs> came straight on and did, did started doing stuff again. I'm like, great, there you go. Should have just trust my gut. I should really just trust my gut. Um, He's probably the one to own right now. If you're looking for a cheaper midfielder because of the sorts of moves you want, Ward Prass is obviously that discussion, but I think Gordon's still 5.6. Yeah. Um, if you need to come down a little bit more, he's probably the pick at that sort of price point, I think, going down to, to that now. Doing great, yeah, yeah definitely. Especially if uh, especially if Barnes is going to be out for a while. I'm not sure I'm not sure how bad that injury was for Barnes, but... No, he, if, he, walked, he walked off. I didn't see any more. But that would, uh, that would help Gordon even more, wouldn't it? Um, if Barnes was out for a while, so something to keep an eye on. Don't add another cheap midfielder to the mix of our midfielders. Um, okay, one where I regret not owning any Arsenal players. Struggled for any meaningful stats for this guy. I didn't realise all Bournemouth's home games so far have been against London clubs, but that run's going to carry on this weekend. So they've hosted the stand Tottenham Chelsea so far. Struggling for goals at the minute. Bournemouth only one goal in those three games. And they're actually creating a great deal at home either. XG of 1.37, 0.671.04. Not overly impressive. Shots on target, 12 across three games. Not overly impressive. And only two big chances created so far in three home games. Not all that impressive. So 
I put it in there because I think a lot of people might still have an Arsenal defender. I've still got Saliba, and there's obviously a lot of oh. defense this week's tricky, right? Stupinan's got iffyish home game. A doggy's at home to Liverpool. Arsenal got this game on paper. Ch- Chilwell's got Fulham. Those sorts of defenders, not Newcastle, that people have got in their squads right now. So I'm saying some people on wildcard may happily play double Newcastle and a and a double game week defender, so they may be well set. But for those that haven't played a wildcard, they're lumbered with all of the sort of more common older defenders. Probably quite a good chance for Arsenal to keep a clean sheet looking at this sort of data at the moment. Hmm. Yeah, I, w- I wouldn't be moving on a, a, an Arsenal defender if I had one against Bournemouth, not a chance. Um, any love for Bournemouth, I think, given the fact they've got a decent run coming up? I know you've literally just highlighted really that they're not that, they're not scoring, but if you think about their opposition recently, they are better. Everton, Wolves, and Burnley, there definitely could be some goals for. Bournemouth in that you'd think just who do you go for in it uh, big dom big dom is he really the best option though like you've got Alvarez Hoyland so Ferguson's coming into good fixtures Watkins coming into good fixtures I guess it's uh, a very outlandish alter- alter- differential it is yeah he's very con- consistent but I would just struggle to get excited about it I think I don't ever see him like really hauling do you like Bournemouth in general, really. No, that's fair enough. Just thought I'd ask. Um, the Arsenal defender probably is a topic. Gabriel's dropped to something stupid, like 4.7, 4.8 now. He's probably going to be in the team at least till party comes back and there's a possibility that they start inverting from the other side again. Zinchenko's obviously a little bit cheaper. Um, obviously not this week, um, with Man City coming up next, but then decent-ish run after that. Chelsea, Sheffield United, maybe not Newcastle, but then Burnley. Um, maybe a consideration to get an Arsenal defender back in, especially Gabriel. If he carries on loitering around four point seven, four point eight, he could be a <laughs> could be a decent owner, especially for well, yeah. Yeah, but really earlier in the season, I guess. But I need a second wild card. You can have one down. Just got to wait another like fifteen weeks or whatever it is to have one. Yeah, that's annoying. <laughs> uh, I forgot about that though. Yay, roll on fifteen weeks. Um, cool. Uh, Everton, Luton. Uh, Let's not spend too many time on Everton Luton. Oh, I guess I guess the, the talking point would be it's a, it's in Luton's double. Well, just yeah, and more for I put this this slide up more for Cabori owners because there might be some people still thinking I might not play him because he's got a double. If I've got I'm someone playing. better, like there's no there's no guarantees with two games he's going to get more points than Saliba who's got one, for example. So Everton no goals at home so far this season in their three home fixtures, but stats wise they're actually pretty good. So attempts on target so far, they're the sixth best team in home games, even though they've only played three. So a few teams that are better than them have played four, Chelsea, Arsenal, Brighton. So 17 shots on target at home in three games. Nine big chances at home is fairly reasonable. Cool. Um, just just not scoring. So they obviously may have turned the corner the weekend with Calvert-Lewin getting closer to playing more minutes. Beto's obviously a, a bit more of a... Quite all good, actually. A bit more of a like-for-like mm. replacement for Calvert-Lewin. Obviously not the same, but more like flight than what the likes of more pay and stuff were at the start of the season. So just are Everton starting to find a bit of a groove now? Are they finding a way of playing and they've got players now that sort of fit the system a bit better? It feels like, I certainly feel like they're not as bad as what their league position and a lot of people view them as. And say stats-wise at home, at least, it's looking like they're fairly good. They're just not scoring for it. So maybe just a bit of caution for those getting a bit overexcited about Kabori. Um, so I don't think he's, I think he's XA for the weekend was 0.0. One or something happened to get fouled for the pen, or he's cross yeah. got. Um, so attacking returns are not looking that likely for Kabore, and I don't think they'll keep a clean sheet in this game either. So just it's more just flagging that really that 
Even though you've got him, it may still may not make any sense to pick him. Well, I'm I'm thinking I'm not going to pick him. Um, so I'm not even I'm not even hundred percent sure he'll start both games. To be honest, um, I've, whenever I look at um, also I followed like Dan Ashby on Twitter, um, uh, who does like the gaffer pods and stuff, and he always does predicted Luton lineups. And for for a couple of weeks now, he's been not hundred percent sure that Kabore would even start. Um, so. Yeah, I, I'm not sure I'm even going to play him. Um, and like you say, Craig, Everton haven't been as bad as as maybe the scoreline suggests, particularly at home. And we know it's impossible for Everton to get relegated. They'll always find a way not to. So that probably, <laughs> include, that probably includes winning at home against Luton, doesn't it? So, um, so yeah, I'm not, I'm not massive on it. I don't think I'm going to play him. You're not going to play Morris? No, Kabore. Kabore, sorry. I, I, I am playing Kabore. Um, just feels like two one point as we be brought on as a sub. I don't see a clean sheet, so just just get back on here next Monday. We'll be talking like it was so obvious he was going to get two points across the two games in a double, and we've all picked him, even though we kind of knew that it was going to lead to nothing. Morris, I think, is a little bit different. Um, well, yeah, well, I mean, yeah, Everton, look, Everton could definitely score, and so could Burnley. You know, Burnley are a better team than Luton, and that's their second double, obviously. But for me, yeah, I, I, I don't know. The only other, the alternative for me is 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 Aaron Hickey against Forest. And truthfully, I think Forest will score against them uh, against Brentford. Yeah. So it's like, well, I might as well have a punt at uh, a potential uh, Kabore clean sheet then. Yeah, I've heard a question to you, Darren. If if you was in this position, would you play Kabore over a Stupin and this week, who's way to Aston Villa? No, it's not easy, right? It, it is. No, it's not easy. In some ways. No, I don't know. Um, I probably would. Yeah, I do feel Villa will score against Brighton, and uh, you can't always rely on Estupinan's attacking output. Plus, at the end of the day, he was injured or back from international international duty recently, and um, Tariq Lamptey played really well. So there's not it's not everything to say that Estupinan will start again. Uh, we've got midweek games, haven't we? Cup games, so. Yeah, I think Lamptey would probably play in the cup, Brony, I would say. But I'd like to think so. But you know, what are we thinking about Morris for this? Then I'm not getting him because I made my decision when I got Alvarez last week. That meant I won't get Morris for this for this double. So I'm I'm not getting him for that reason. Yeah, um, same. I'm I'm uh, I decided not. I've I've, I've wild carded. So if I was going to do it, I'd have got him on my wild card, um, and I'd be reasonably happy because it's for the penalty at the weekend. But um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, yeah, fair play people that did. Um, I, I completely understand why why people are doing it. I think I've just taken the view that I'm going to swing against it. Um, say hopefully, Har- hopefully it all brings Harlan's ego down a little bit, and people will burn a transfer getting him out afterwards that I haven't got to worry about. And yeah, I'm I'm not saying it's a bad pick, or I can't understand why people are doing it. I absolutely can understand it, but just landed on the side of swinging against it, I think. But I'm, I'm the opposite to that. I did see I, someone put on social media. As, go on, Craig. I, was, I saw someone put on social media. I think he's non-penalty XG so far across the whole season. is less than one. That's not helpful. So I know, people, I know you have to count penalties. Penalties are a part of football. I'm not saying don't count them, but it seems a bit optimistic to rely on one or multiple penalties in a double game week if he's not really getting any chances that aren't penalties, right? So probably that to bear in mind as well. Mm. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, I, I did wild card and I got him in uh, and I benched him for the Wolves game. Brilliant. 
uh, first on the bench, just in case someone didn't play. So there's nine points of him sat on my bench, which is lovely. Um, I am going to play him this week. Obviously, that was why I picked him, because I wanted him for the double. Uh, I won't be captaining him, though. I still think Haaland's more upside of than um, yeah. But I'll definitely be picking him. And, and you're right in terms of I don't know where I'll go to get out of that. I think in the madness of my midfield change that I'll do in the next week or two, I'll possibly leave a million back somewhere to upgrade him to a 6.5 person or something like Ferguson uh, in a couple of game weeks. I think that might be a, a shout for me. That might be where I go with that. Um, but yeah, I've got him and I'll be playing him. Um, uh, there is one more, isn't there? Is it... No, two more. Two more, the second game of the double and this yeah, one. Two, yeah, I was going to say this um, one, the other double. Yeah, Forest-Brentford, not actually a lot to talk about. I put the team up from um, the Forest game with Burnley on the other Monday night for the um, Sky single game day because this is the lineup I probably expect Forest to play in this game against Brentford. They obviously changed it a bit for Men City, went with a few more defensive players and three at the back. But I can see them going back to Hudson, Adoya, Langer, Gibbs White all behind the one year. Um, so that there's the average position for that game. So... Uh, Hudson Odoi was quite high down the left in comparison to Alanga. They're all relatively cheap, both of them too, around five million. If you wanted a, a punt for three weeks, not the worst, right? Brentford home, Palace away, Luton home. They probably play this front four, I would imagine, in most of those games where they've got a lot, a lot of squad players to keep happy. My gut feeling is this might be the first choice sort of front four now. So again, anyone thinking a wild card sort of game week ten that wants a cheap punt for a couple of weeks that might allow other things. Probably do worse than punting one of these two forest wingers, but from a data perspective, there wasn't really a lot to to talk about for this game. No. Um, well, let me just ask you then, because the the player I'm thinking of playing ahead of Kabore is Ethan Pinnock. Do you think that's staffed? Or... Well, I mean, you, I've, you're, I'm on the other side of you because I'm playing Kabore. Got Hickey. Aaron Hickey, yeah. yeah. Um I think Forrest score. I think Forrest still do quite well against Brentford. I don't think Brentford have been all that great. Um, you know, I, I picked Embuemo on my wild card because I'm an idiot and I decided to join the <laughs> massive uh, at the end of the day. And he would do, and he had been doing well. And every time I didn't own him because I'm a stubborn mule, he fucking cost me. Um, and I thought, well, here's my opportunity to pick him. And, and, and I don't think he was very good at all, actually, at the weekend. Uh, I watched that game and he did get into some decent positions, but he never received the ball and that's that's a problem. Um but yeah, defensively they, they do they don't they do look frail Brentford, so I think Forrest score, I don't think but I, I think this is one of these things where I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go against all all the noise and just trust my gut. Because yeah. I just feel like I just feel like one thing Brentford have been really good at since they got promoted is when they take a bad loss like they did at the weekend, they're really good at bouncing straight back from it. Um, and I've got no numbers or no data or anything to present you for that. I just, I just feel like I know in my mind that they're that whenever they get a bad defeat, they tend to bounce straight back from it. And I just think they're going to go and win this game. So I'm going to play Pinnock. That's absolutely fair. Um, I reckon we'll be sat here next week with Pinnock on two points and Kambore on two points. So <laughs> yeah, neither of chance, us would yeah. have made any, it would have mattered. It would not have mattered. Um, we will see. Unless one of them I gets it. might be the hardest game of the weekend. We obviously all do a predictor league, the three of us. I think this is one of them games I'm looking at and I've got no idea even which team's going to win this game, let alone what the score's going to be. I think this could be, I think it'll be quite low scoring, but I don't know which, 
someone's <laughs> probably going to win it one nil. But I, yeah. I, I wouldn't. As I guess, which way around that's going to be? Off the top, off the top of my head, I do a. There's, I I use Bet three six five for my for my stuff, and they do a free predictor league where you can win. And I think I did mine today, and I put Brentford down as a two one win. Um, if I remember rightly, today. They're, they're unlikely to play into Forest's hands. Forest want to hit everyone on the counter attack. I can't imagine Brentford sending too many bodies in front of the ball that allow themselves open to get in counter attack. So I think Frank will be set for it. So, you know, I'd, I'd probably go as far as say Brentford might pinch this one nil. I can see that. Not even nil nil or something. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I, I agree with Martin. I think there'll be an element of don't make the same mistakes we made against Everton and shore things up a bit at the back. Um Treat a bit more like they played against Newcastle, where they obviously was a bit unlucky to lose that game in the end. It could be another one like that, couldn't it? Okay, on to the last game is the second of the double. Oh, you've put Peps up. Yeah, no slide for day. We already spoke about both the teams already. Um, so yeah, nothing really to talk about specifically, unless there was more talking points around Luton we didn't touch on earlier. But I'm I mean, I mean, I mean, yeah, there, there's not much to discuss here. We have obviously spoken at length of the double of players and Pep Talk says, is the double game week worth avoiding based uh, on it featuring two rubbish teams? Um, <laughs> I, I, you've already alluded to it. You, you're you not getting anyone in. And in all fairness, I did it because I had my wild card. But if I didn't have my wild card, I certainly wouldn't be scratching up my team this week to get any burn uh, any loot and players in. Um, so I think it's completely fine to avoid it. <laughs> I don't think I, anybody... I don't dislike Burnley. To be fair, if their their doubles obviously not amazing two away games, and the games directly after the double aren't that amazing either. If Burnley had a, a if Burnley had Luton's double, I might consider getting Burnley player in. And yes. the, the games after the double were maybe a bit better than what they are. Um, yeah. I do actually quite rate Burnley as like a, I think I might have called them it before, like the next the next Brighton almost. They're trying to play in a certain way. They're not quite Brighton levels, but they're like a, an inferior Brighton. Where you've got Men City and then Arsenal. Then last year I used to call Brighton like the tier C version of Men City and Arsenal. You call Burnley the tier D version of that almost. They're trying to play in a certain way. It's quite nice on the eye. It's just a massive work in progress at the moment with sort of average players, should we say, without being too harsh. But I think they'll get there. So yeah. with the right fixture run, I think Burnley could be quite exciting to own, but their doubles just not good enough. I think it's the problem with them. Yeah. When I was playing around with my wild card, I was I was much closer to um, to pick in Amdouni or Coleosho than I was to pick in Morris. Coleosho, really good player. Did uh, I looked at him as well? Fixes aren't there after the double. I'd say the double by itself. Yeah. Great. That's, the yeah, that's that's why I, that's why I decided against it. But I I think I I think it's an option though. Like if you think. Like if you if you if you're of the mindset it's a double game week I want somebody uh, I completely get that like it's a you know it's a game we play for fun at the end of the day right but I'd be tempted to go for a, let's say an Amduni or a Coleosho while everyone else goes for Morris I think yeah that's fair cool and that as I say is that thanks everyone dead on the hour like yeah. follow subscribe and all that good stuff. Um, what have we got this week? Craig, you said you're going to do a tactical pod. Yeah, something on Chelsea. I'll try and make it a match-up based one against Fulham, but it will certainly be around Chelsea's tactics and formations. And obviously, they've said they're in a bit of a quandary at the minute with a, certain, a few things. So mm-hmm. I'll try and work out what 11 at least they're going to pick for, for the Fulham game. For the Fulham game. Cool. Uh, I'll be back with a man on a free hit probably tomorrow. Uh, Martin, will be doing gaffer at some point. Yes, we'll do gaffer. Uh, yeah, uh, tomorrow or Wednesday, I guess. Yeah, yeah, sounds good to me. 
Uh, and I don't know if you've got a Skypod planned this week. See how the week pans out, right? It's not a big yeah. weekend of transfers and things. So this says I don't think there's point. loads to talk about right now. So no. We'll see. No. Yeah, um, yeah. If you haven't, if you do play Sky and you haven't seen the Skypod we did last week, then yeah, probably just point you to that because I think we we kind of talk about the next four or five weeks, don't we? In that, so it's worth pointing yeah. out that we're all doing quite well in Sky. That as yeah. far as I know. Like we've all yeah, got yeah, yeah. four, like forty, forty-ish trans, forty-two-ish plus more transfers left, and all of us sit within the top ten k. Yeah. So oh, yeah, comfortably I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, we're all doing pretty well at Sky. Yeah. Amazing. That's we get to we find out exactly where we're doing FPL next week, Darren. By the way, I think the first sort of uh, checkpoint for the pod we did it before the season started about the route to winning it, where we need to be, and game week ranks and stuff. I think the first set, uh, the first checkpoint was game week seven, which is obviously this week. So we're, we're having because, probably the point I don't we need data do. to tell us how we're doing in FPL right now. <laughs> well, we'll find out exactly how many bad weeks we've had and all that sort of thing. I think that should, uh, in theory, we're at the first point to to sort of reassess that. that. So we don't know if that's well, a separate pod for next week or whether we'll do it as part of the preview. I don't know. But it's, it's going to be grim reading, isn't it, for the three of us, I think. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, well, no, four of us. I mean, Thomas we hasn't potted for a while, but we're definitely roping him into that because he's doing terribly. We could we could all do with a little tick in the uh, in in one of the top boxes this week to to make us feel a bit better. I think, yeah, I'd love that because yeah, yeah FPL is doing terribly. Sky is doing well, and uh, yeah, oh, Gaffer's all right. <laughs> Gaffer's great. Yeah, anyway, you, yeah, yeah. I, all right. Well, you're right. You're good at Gaffer. I'm good at the Super League. All right. I'm in the top thirty for Super League. Okay. Okay. So there we go. That's it. Um, guys, thank you so much. Appreciate it as always. Uh, as you can hear, we have got a lot coming up this week again. So like, follow, subscribe, as I've said already. Um, and yeah, we'll uh, we'll see you soon. Cheers. See you.